I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready for a university that will help me advance in my education and career. A university that will make me feel supported and connected. I'm ready for ODU Online. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Sacktown Royalty Show. Um, I am your host, Tony Zipteris, and we are recording a podcast right now less than five minutes from the NBA Draft Lottery results. I've got uh, Sacktown Royalty's own Bryant West and Tim Maxwell on the call with me tonight. Uh, the Kings jumped up to number two, which is crazy and uh, and awesome, and I don't really know how to react to it, so I think it'd be smart to... Swing it to Bryant first, and and just I don't I don't know Bryant. Tell me tell me what the Kings are gonna do here. This is great. <laughs> something good can happen to Sacramento. My mind is breaking. Yeah, like I don't, I don't understand it's this. Wild. It's absolutely crazy. Um, well, of course, immediately the conversation just circles around to Luka Doncic and DeAndre Ayton. Um, Phoenix has plenty of reasons to take either one of those two. Of course, uh, their new head coach. Uh, was Doncic's uh, head coach when he was over in Europe. And uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton is as um, polished a, uh, uh, a big man prospect as we've seen in a long time. And, and he went to Arizona, so there's a little uh, local fan base probably cheering for that pick there. But uh, whichever one of those two falls to Sacramento, I mean, either one is a massive boon for Sacramento. Um Doncic would give them a, a, a primary scoring option who could also be a secondary creator next to um, De'Aaron Fox and uh, Bogdan. But DeAndre Ayton would also give them as, as promising a big man as this franchise has seen uh, since, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, I guess. But goodness gracious, we I was convinced we were going to be talking about uh, Mikhail Bridges and Miles Bridges right now. And Suddenly, we're talking about two of the best prospects we've seen in the last five years going to Sacramento. Uh, Tim, what was your reaction to the uh, the craziness tonight? Uh, pretty amazing, and, and I, I like to think about it in the context of the last two years. Even I know the Kings picked fifth last year due to the Philadelphia disastrous trade there, but if you think about it, we have moved up ten draft spots in two years, and after um, literally decades of no moving up, neutrality, moving backwards. I mean, to move up 10 spots in two years, immediately in the mi- in the middle of a re- rebuild that um, we don't necessarily have a star player right now and one that's cut off next year since we don't have a lottery pick or any first-round pick next year. It's pretty incredible. And and for me, I think the Suns will probably end up going with Luka and, and we'll grab Aiton. And to me, that brings up the question of what happens with Lily Cauley-Stein and, and Levy Sierra if we have Harry Giles coming back and now we're possibly going to have Aiton join the crew as well. Well, I think the nice thing about Aiton as as he is right now is that he's not really redundant with any of the bigs. I mean, it, if you if you try to imagine a, a future with him and Willie Cauley sign, that's a little bit of a question mark because neither of them are really rim protectors. And and, and with who DeAndre Aiton is right now and who he showed himself to be at Arizona, that's probably the prime desire to get next to him is somebody that can protect the rim. Um, 
but I also don't think that it's such a redundant fit that the Kings absolutely need to trade any of their bigs at this moment because let's let's face it, the Kings don't have a pick next year, but they're still not even with a top two pick. They're not likely to be contending for a playoff spot. And if the option is to sell low on a team that's trying to sell low to a team that's trying to get Willie Cauley Stein or Scalabissier on the cheap, I would almost rather the Kings keep those guys, but who knows? There, there might be some team out there that really thinks they can swap one of those two pieces and, and uh, this might be the best time to sell, but I also don't think the Kings need to move on from either of those guys. Yeah. I'm still just reeling from this result because I mean, this, it's hard to overstate how much this changes everything. I mean, we were talking just yesterday or this whole month, really, how poorly the Kings managed down the stretch, like the tanking thing, which we can argue about that all day long. We don't have to anymore, but just all the wasted time about should they be winning, should they be losing, all those conversations that were a waste. I mean, we've been talking about Vlade Divac's job security for the past few months, and now, I mean, he has an opportunity to add, like you were saying, Brian, or was it Tim? I don't even, I don't remember, but the Kings were desperately uh, needing like a number one and this is their opportunity to get one. And that, I mean, that changes the course of, you know, Vlade Divac's tenure. If he can bring the Kings, they're the number one piece the, the, to bring them into the future. It's just crazy. Like the, the amount of things that this changes the whole conversation. Like I was telling Bryant before we got Tim on the line, I haven't looked at one piece of video from Deandre Ayton this since the season ended, just assuming that the Kings wouldn't even have a chance at him. And now uh, the wrinkle with Phoenix hiring Doncic head coach in Europe, you don't know which way they're going to go. But are we willing to say that if Vlade doesn't take whoever is left over, that's just a huge error? Like, is is the gap that wide? Between uh, between Doncic and Aiton? Yeah, like, let's say Vlade goes somewhere else. He goes Bagley at two. Or, or he does something oh, else. Um, is that just a, a huge, massive error? Is there no argument to be made for anyone else but Doncic and, and Aiton no, number two? I, I don't think there's no there's no argument to be made, but I do think it's at least for me it's a it's a tier step down. Nobody, Aiton is the perfect combination of physical tools that you need to find quite a few things that are missing in his game. Um, some physicality, definitely defensive intensity and defensive awareness are two things that he really drastically needs to improve, but. I also don't think that there's any of the other big guys that I would say have as, as uh, equal amount of or, or less amount of warts. I mean, I think the closest guy for me out of, out of those two would be Jaron Jackson Jr. And he doesn't project to be the number one option that DeAndre Ayton does. Um, so it, it, for me, it would be a step down. But I also... I can also see an absolute argument, um, but Vladi Divac knows he needs to get this pick right, and, and I don't think that anybody's going to be telling him that he, he needs to pass on DeAndre nor Luka Doncic, whichever one of them falls. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you think about it in kind of more of a simple con- context is the Kings need a wing or a big. Luka is the best wing. Eaton is the best big. Now, whether that translates to their NBA careers is obviously another question to be asked, but you take the best prospect, and we don't need to try to get cute or try to talk about best player available when the best player available, either way, 
is also filling a need. So for me, you don't get cute. You don't try to take someone special. You don't try to get Porter Jr. And um, for me, one of my theories of Lottie is his habit of trading back. I certainly wouldn't want to do that. Oh, goodness, um, no. The, goodness, yeah, no. The, the, <laughs> don't. There's a, there's a trend in the Sacramento community that we all want to get a 2019 pick back. And, and a lot of it is, hey, would we trade back or trade around or trade this player to get a 2019 pick? But I don't care about a 2019 pick if I can get a superstar. And I think Aiton and Doncic are the two potential superstars in this draft. So I think you don't get cute. You don't try to do anything special. You, you take the player who falls to you. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I understand that this is a whole new conversation about two guys that we did not think the Kings had a shot at, but um, we're definitely going to have to talk about uh, both what, how these two players fit into the modern NBA game and their weaknesses in terms of fitting into that modern NBA game, because I think both of them come with warts that are going to give them problems when fitting into these, this idea, ideal um, new system. But I also think that both players can absolutely fit with the three guys that I think the Kings have that are serious building blocks for the future, and that's De'Aaron Fox, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Buddy Heald. Because both Luka Doncic and DeAndre Ayton will benefit from a moderately to high, fast-paced offense, and 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 in the ideal world, Doncic definitely more than Ayton at this point. It will both provide more floor stretching, which is what you want around De'Aaron Fox. So it, it's just absolutely crazy that after so many years, the lottery gods finally blessed Sacramento. It's, and you're listening to three guys who have no idea what to say right now because we just never expected this to actually happen. Yeah, I mean, the Kings have a core now, provided, you know, assuming Vlade doesn't screw it up. I mean, they've got like a serious young core now. you got your wings that are already here in Fox, Buddy, and Bogdan. Um, I'm going to throw out Harry Giles just because, you know, we're feeling optimistic. But And then you got, you're adding hopefully Doncic or Aiton this year. I mean, that's that's a young core that you can put up with just about any team in the league that's not like an already playoff team like Philly or whatever, Boston. But that's like the next, I mean, the Kings are right there. That's They're the next team up, which, was, I mean, that was not the case heading into the lottery. At seven, that was not the case. They were still looking for the high, high-end guys, and now it's like, I mean, unless I'm overstating it, but that's how I feel tonight. Um, excited that they've got a core, which is fantastic. I don't. They didn't have that before. Um, also, I want to, just want to throw out a lineup for, so we can all salivate over it, and that would be starting lineup of Fox, Buddy, Bogey, Aaron Gordon and DeAndre Eaton. And that would be if the Kings can get one of these um, high profile power forwards that's available in the off season. I mean, we have the cap space. We should have the roster space. Even if we need to stretch um, maybe Iman Schumberg or something like that. But that is the sort of lineup that I think on the very outside edges of chances could even maybe charge at that eight, nine, 10 spot in the West. Yeah, this absolutely changes quite a few things for Sacramento's offseason going forward because having suddenly either Doncic or Aiton change is going to change how some free agents look at Sacramento. Like Sacramento might be a, a up and coming team now instead of one that's just stuck in the mud. So it, it, whereas Aaron Gordon or I don't know, Clint Capella, Clint Capella now becomes easily the, the best fit for this roster if they get Aiton. It, 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 that just changes the whole dynamic. The Kings cannot afford to be passive in free agency now. They have to 
try to move forward while the iron is hot. Brian, do you think – I think it does change free agency a little bit, but do you think these two have like have the potential for the impact that we saw out of guys like Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell where they can change the landscape that much, have that big of a contribution in year one where you're talking about you know, maybe the Kings should be more aggressive in free agency and try and put together a quote-unquote playoff roster? I'm not saying do anything foolish, but going after the young guys who you can sign now that will also be in the future, Randall, Gordon – uh, maybe even like a Jabari Parker that time. Yeah. Well, I don't think that you can ever predict a rookie, even ones as promising as Doncic or Aiton, to have a season like Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell had because those are extreme outliers. But if you're if if this is a roundabout way of asking, can the Kings make it to like the be competing for a playoff spot in? In early March, certainly, I, I, I think this team is is a, a massive step up in terms of rankings. Now, I'm not going to say that I think they're going to make the playoffs next right. year, but it, this definitely changes how quickly the team needs to try to move and move on opportunities. A couple of days ago, we were talking about how. Uh... You know, maybe the Kings will take a be quiet in free agency. Maybe Vlade will look to take on like dumped contracts. Maybe pick up more draft assets. That obviously changes. Tim, are you comfortable being very aggressive in free agency like that and actually pushing for a playoff spot instead of like kind of holding their cards tight and maybe punting on this year and going for free agency next year when they have even more cap space? Or do you want to see them be aggressive this summer? I think we need aggression. Um, the the one benefit of the 2019 pick, very, very small benefit of the 2019 pick going to Philadelphia was that it forced a jump start. It forced a starting point for the rebuild, and that, that starts this summer. And so for me, um, we're going to have a ton of cap space, not this coming summer, but the following summer as well. So we could actually max someone this summer, whether it be Aaron Gordon or a large contract to a Randall or a Parker, and get close to or even equal max space next summer as well, depending on what happens with Willie Cauley-Stein. So there's no reason to save cap space. If you're going to have $73 million in cap space in the summer, there's no way they're going to spend that intelligently. So for me, I think you, you're aggressive this uh, offseason. You offer a large max sheet to one of the premier young forwards, and then you see if they sign with you from there. Yeah, I mean, even taking that a step forward, I'm thinking now, like, what the Kings do with Kali Stein and Scala Bissier and some of the lower-ranked young players, Frank Mason, uh, Justin Jackson. I mean, now you're almost flipping the script entirely where you can attach some of your young assets to dump Shumpert or Randolph and open up even more cap space if you want to be that aggressive because we are entering an offseason where a lot of teams don't have cap space. So there is going to be opportunity there to pick up players for you know pretty decent price if if Aiton or Doncic changes the landscape that much, like Bryant, you seem to suggest they do, where it's well, like, man, the Kings can really turn this thing around if they play their cards right. I'm also, I, I guess I am a little worried about trying to be that aggressive where you start sacrificing the young pieces that you have. I mean, if, if it's Frank Mason or maybe Justin Jackson, that's one thing, but I, I am still worried about giving up on Willie Cauley-Stein or Scal at this moment because I think this is going to be an opportunity for a smarter team to try to pounce and buy low. And and this, this, this getting the second pick might have changed the calculus of how we're going to view Vladi's tenure 
but it's not going to change who Vladi is. And and as positive as I think he drafted last year, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I give him a, a, a B for his draft class last year. I am still worried about letting him just go full throttle on do what you need to do right now and get it all done because there's a, a, a good opportunity for the misstep to happen when you're trying to go that fast. So I'm, I'm, what I'm going in a roundabout way and struggling to say is I want the Kings to be aggressive in free agency, but I don't necessarily know that I want them to be aggressive in trade at this moment unless a clear, smart deal opens itself. It's a lot of responsibility to put on uh, put on Vlade now. It's a different game he's playing than he was before where some of the moves are pretty low stakes. You know, you're dealing with a team that the potential isn't very high. And now, you know, the potential, I don't want to overstate their potential. It's still not like, like we're not talking about this as a playoff team immediately. Um, they probably won't make the playoffs next season. But there's uh, much higher stakes now. You're dealing with a, a real roster with real potential, um, with real young assets. And I hope he's up for it. The let's, let's, last thing we should point out is just how freaking clutch is De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, that was a good that tweet. Dude just, that dude just has to represent every, every King's uh, aspect now. Seriously. Yeah, the, the great performance by him. Good on you, De'Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Let's say in a vacuum right now that the Kings – let's, let's pretend that Phoenix goes stupid and takes Trey Young or something. Which of these two guys are you hoping falls to the Kings? I think Aiton is the better fit. Uh, I think I'd rather take Aiton. As much as, uh, but I, Luke, we've been like dreaming about Luca for two years now. Yeah, but but I do think <laughs> I do. I I have more questions about the front court than I do. I get I guess on the perimeter, which is where you would put Doncic, but but it's close. Yeah, I would I would have to take Luca. I mean, just I can imagine a scenario of Luca and Bogey just as secondary. Um, ball handlers to Fox and just the ball movement that would be possible there and as well as transition. Um, I think Lucas shooting is a bit of a question mark um, short term, not necessarily long term, but that might be a bit of a fit issue with Fox, but I can just imagine the ball movement and the, the court vision that could be shared by those three guys. That would be pretty impressive to me. Yeah, I, I agree with Tim. Um, I've had Doncic number one on my board pretty much the whole year and I'm not going to move it now. Um, I'm not too worried about his shooting. I know he, he went in a really big dry spell towards the end of the year, but he was also exhausted, and, and he'd been playing basketball for some crazy number of straight months. Um, and he, he's just such a polished player in so many ways, and I think the defensive concerns that many fans keep bringing up are overblown. And just the the, the idea of having three guys like Fox and Bogey and and Doncic to play make in a modern NBA offense that would just be incredible to watch. Let's not forget that Vladi has a son named Luca. So yeah, I have I have no doubt that Vladi is taking Luca if Luca drops to two. I have some doubt that if Phoenix takes Luca and Aiton drops to two, that Vladi might get cute and try and do something weird because we don't. I mean, yeah. we don't know how much Vladi likes Aiton. Um, and I guess we don't know that he likes Luca. We just assume he does because there's so many connections there. Um, but that's where I get a little little worried about what Vlade's going to do. Is if Aiton's the one that drops, and then you know he might try and do something cute there and trade down or whatever or take somebody else. But man, well, 
I just distinctly remember in, I think it was 2016, when Carl uh, Anthony Towns came out that um, Vladi made it, in it clear in a joke that the, his, the number one player on his board was Carl Anthony Towns. So I don't think he's going to get too cute with a uh, – I mean, obviously they're not the same kind of player. But I don't think he's going to be afraid of, of taking a, a, a guy like Aiden with all those physical tools. And, and, and I'm sure there's some part of Lottie that would think that he could help us train a big guy like that or mentor in some way. Nice thing, too, is the Kings aren't going to have any trouble getting prospects to work out for them this year. So they'll oh. get the whole experience of all the prospects. Let's, well, let's, let's hope, they don't hope do that doesn't play. happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, John has already made it clear that he's not going to work out with any team, but right. I mean, who knows about Aiden? If Aiden does not want to go to Sacramento and he'd rather go to Atlanta, I mean, this would be the well, ultimate. I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, moment. that could get weird. Yeah. I don't want to think about Don't have that happen, please. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, guys. What a night. Any any parting thoughts? I'll start with Tim, or or maybe there are none. Are you guys – so let's backtrack here for one second. Who do you think, who do you think Phoenix is taking? Did we already get there? Uh, Phoenix yeah. is taking Luca, in my opinion. Hiring his coach, I can't imagine his coach passing up on him. Yeah, I, I mean, I would hope that a smart team wouldn't just make the decision just based on that. But given what we know, I would also say Luca because it's not like they have a a, uh, a dominant ball handler. So their need at point guard or or lead ball handler is just as strong as their need at big man. So. I would bet that they would take Luca, but if they took Aiden, I wouldn't be surprised. See, I wouldn't be surprised about Aiden either because you're talking about just the coach, whereas like you know Aiden played in Arizona. You got Sarver there, who like, he's a wild card, and then you don't know what other connections uh, the Phoenix staff has to like the Arizona basketball scene. So I don't, I don't think it's like a, any kind of a lock. But I would probably say Luca too at this point, just because it, that was like kind of an out of nowhere hire as a head coach, not saying he's not a good coach, but he wasn't really on the radar anywhere else. So it is kind of strange that you would, you would do that, get in the position to take Luca and then pass on him. Yeah. Anything else guys? Um, the lottery gods rewarded the non tankers. That is all. Yeah. Brad's going to be real happy. That's been <laughs> his drum all season. Yeah. My, my final thought is just that, um, kind of what Bryant mentioned earlier, while the Kings could move some of their big men, I'm excited to see um, a Lubby's here play with a dominant player like Eaton. And let's see if I think we've all realized that Scal isn't necessarily ever going to be a number one option, but can he be a number three or a number four option behind Fox and Eaton and, and Buddy or Bobby? I'm excited to see him play with a, a quality big man that, that can hopefully dominate the boards um, as well as the interior and see what he can do with that. Last question I just remembered. I'll, I'll give this one to Tim. Are these guys above, like, Jaeger's level of, I'm going to play this young guy? Like, is Aiton and da- or Doncic starting day one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah they should. Yeah. Um, I, it's not a matter of if, if should they, they, but is Jaeger going to do that? Yes. There's no question. Not even Jaeger can, can come up with a reason that these two, I mean, because they're so dominant at their positions. No chance. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no way Jaeger does that. And if he did, for some reason... Um, and consistently did that, it would be a fireable offense. So I can't imagine he would he would wish to lose his job that badly. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This offseason just got a thousand percent more interesting. What an exciting night. I'll catch you guys later. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thanks, Tony. Say shall
I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today.